Yeah, and when we when I say fight, it's like we're fighting well. You need to learn this, or you will end up divorced. You will end up losing people, and this is like the basis. I get the ball rolling. Yo, Warriors, welcome back. My name is Rob Wong. And I am Scott Pagliaccio. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We've got a good one for you. We've got a great podcast for you today. Um, As always, uh, Rob and I are going to talk about a subject near and dear to us. Cost us, it cost me, I can't speak to Rob's experience, but it, it, it has cost me multiple relationships with the closest people in my life. Until I got this skill dialed in, um, I was wanting the whole fucking world to change. We are going to be talking about how to stop costing yourself that relationship, whether it's the one or maybe there's one person where you, you know in your heart of hearts that they are the one who got away. Like it was a beautiful, lovely relationship. And somehow things ended up so that you were pushing one another away. We're going to be talking about the one skill that makes the difference in that situation. So why don't we get this ball rolling? What do you think that skill set is, man? Um, it's definitely not ass eating. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, uh, <laughs> well, we talked about that prior to the show, man. And, um, I definitely have that skill dialed in. Um, <laughs> But I can tell you that isn't the one that lost, you know, I, that isn't the one that had an impact on getting divorced from the mother of my children. Uh, can you imagine <laughs> having an entire podcast about it? How, how to be so good at ass eating that no one ever leaves you again? <laughs> <laughs> Get that thing dialed in. You're good. A woman will never leave you or a man will never leave you ever again you, yeah you're good you're exonerated from what the real difficulty is and that's conflict right yeah like, I, hey baby i know that we're fighting right now but let me just eat that ass i promise it'll all just go it all go all just go away yeah and well i know some uh, i've heard of people utilizing sex as a dojo when they get into conflict that their commitment to themselves to the relationship is to to go into the bedroom and have sex. So you could add ass eating in there. And the and all of you out there listening, I don't know how we got on this topic, but we did earlier <laughs> before we start, we hit record. So if you're wondering, um, and again, this podcast is called The Laughing Warrior and Rob and I have worked tirelessly to get to this point where we can be idiots and be extremely serious <laughs> about what the topic is on the podcast. So if you don't like ass eating, turn the fucking channel. This isn't for you. But if you want to learn about emotional intelligence and conflict and and ass eating, probably at a later date, because <laughs> I think we might have an ass eating expert come on yeah, the show. A guru. It is Scott. Scott is the guru. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I am. Uh, I have... I sat in the caves of the Himalayas for many years and learned from my master how to eat ass so well that it will never have that person leave you ever again. So I, I, I can actually see the validity of, of, of getting to the point of having sex in order to repair the ruptures in relationships, which I, I think 
is surprisingly just like very relevant to the subject matter at hand. Like, how do I avoid losing the one? You know, they're the one because of the good times. You lose them because of the bad times and it's the inability to navigate those bad times. And when I think about the act of preparing for like having sex with a woman, you can of course go with the lube or whatever and you can just like thrust it inside before either of you is ready and I, I don't think that that's a useful a useful approach to sex, but I think what can be a useful approach to sex and for building up the emotional intelligence necessary to navigate this circumstance, not lose the one that you found, um, is how do I turn myself on? How do I turn this other person on from this baseline level of we're triggered as shit at each other? We are hurt. Part of my brain thinks I hate this person. Can I create enough safety and physical touch and tenderness with this person where both of us actually want to have sex again? And I think that, to me, strikes me as a very, very valuable skill set. And if if people are out there approaching sex like that, I could see that working. I could see that being an, an extremely valuable practice. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad. Thanks for tying that, you know, bringing us back around. To, to the, that That was really, it was, I didn't know if we were going to be able to, re hey, Rob, that was really great the way you repaired that uh, you know, got us back into connection with the topic of the podcast, and it and I couldn't agree with you more. Like absolutely, and yeah. So how do we get to that place? How do we begin to cultivate the tools to feel safe to our partner when there is a rupture, there is conflict? I'm trying to think back to where it started for me. Yeah, I feel like it was in the relationship school, learning to practice. With, with people I didn't know, like having conversations, like that was really scary for me. Embodiment and safety and like, well, I'm safe. Like I'm, I'm an okay guy. Like I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty okay. And most people think that about me, but I wasn't emotionally grounded. I couldn't, I was, I was super reactive um, a lot so of the times. Yeah. Same. So how do we how do we get the the listener who maybe is at a place where we once were um, and has lost the one, but moving forward, you know, we can teach them some skills and some tools where they can begin to practice this and not lose the next one. I, I remember being that guy. I was the guy where like I'd see like an attractive, happy woman and out or like I'd hear about like an attractive a friend of mine that was having difficulty be I find them attractive and I would tell myself I would be a better boyfriend than that person mm -hmm. I would I would always tell myself oh, I'd be a much better boyfriend I, I considered myself to be a pretty nice guy um, mm -hmm. but then I started getting real in my relationships instead of just trying to accommodate everything right like just just cover up your real personality so that everything gets, goes smoothly don't talk about your needs just pretend like everything's okay, force happiness. And I would, I, I just blew up in relationships. I was terrible. I was absolutely the opposite of the person that I wanted to be. And I didn't really start shifting that until, as you mentioned, the relationship school. Particularly, I th the, the biggest impactful point for me was when he started talking about like, what kind of attachment style are you? And for you listening right now, the question that I want you to ask yourself is, how do I deal with conflict am i the one who tries to to come in and have conversations with my partner am i the one who pulls away and disappears 
or am I the one who shuts down? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to interact or deal with anyone. And as you begin to notice that pattern, it's like, what prevents me from coming back with this person and, and re-engaging in a loving, amicable way? Because that's, that is the skill set. That's that is what I needed to learn in order to make my relationships start to work. Until then, it was really sexy. It was an amazing time, flowy. <clears throat> the sex was great, and then we'd hit our first conflict, and then I would explode the entire thing. I would escalate it so much, um, despite my best intentions. I, I could not control myself because I was not aware of my patterns, and I wasn't able to do anything about those patterns. I think maybe it starts first with logical awareness of how do I behave when I feel like someone's wronged me? Mm. Yeah, man. I would just lash out. You know, like I wanted to be right. And so I would argue and defend, um, get loud, puff up, like <clears throat> be, get really aggressive. Like I'm, I imagine that that created, you know, a space of fear. And I had no awareness of it. So I know you mentioned you have to become aware of your patterns and habits of how you do conflict. And I recognized that I was behaving like a little boy um, and that I was triggering this little girl in my partner. And it was two little kids like on the playground fighting one another. It wasn't two adults that were embodied and emotionally aware or intelligent enough to say, hey, Maybe we need to take a timeout, which is a great tool. Hey, timeout. But when I'm triggered, I notice it's harder to come back around because I'm thinking about, you know what? I did this the last five times. I, you know, and, and I can really, like, it's like right now when I'm saying it, I recall them like yeah. moments where I'd be stopping my feet, like a five-year-old, like literally. Fuck that. I'm not doing it. No way. There's no way I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden, as my nervous system system starts to calm, I remember the agreement and the commitment that I have to this adult woman and it's, I'll do it over and over and over. And the more that I do it, the easier it becomes and the more it becomes second nature rather than the reaction. Yeah, dude, a hundred percent. I feel like that is one of the most important skills. Can I create safety? And by that, if you're listening right now, what I mean is if my partner is lashing out they're angry, reactive, maybe they're grumpy, right? Or they're in pain. So they're just kind of they're just kind of annoyed and frustrated and really disagreeable. Can I be with that human being in that state? And can I also be non-reactive? That means I don't try to attack them back. I'm not lashing out. I'm I'm good because I know how to take care of myself in that moment. And I'm not saying that I'm good at that skill set. I'm still learning. It's difficult to do in the moment. But my ability to do that, to perform that role, well, that kind of just heads all the conflict off at the pass. And so my ability to be masterful with that skill set, that feeds into my ability to keep the one, right? You run into the, the you're a perfect woman, you're a perfect man. This is the skill set that you need to keep that relationship going. The other, the other thing that you brought up that I thought was really insightful was it's also about like, can I have the difficult conversation when I'm in a conflict or a fight? There is a conversation that I am avoiding. And part of me is angry telling myself like, 
oh well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fucking have that conversation with them they better they better come back to me and say sorry but every time that i've dug underneath that i've noticed this fear and the fear is oh like you know what if they're so hurt that they hurt me when i come back and try to fix this situation um and i i feel like both sides feel that fear Mm -hmm. and it's like if I can be willing to overcome that, if I can be willing to extend the olive branch again and again, as, as, like you were saying before, it builds up that foundation of safety where it becomes easier and easier and easier. There's less and less friction. Um, it's tempting to try to bring the ass eating back into the conversation. <laughs> I was hoping you would, dude, because I was thinking the same fucking thing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Because <laughs> that's that's gonna that's right after the repair. That's going down. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, so 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 to bring it to bring it back home. Um, I think I think there is that aspect of like, can I embrace the discomfort that I'm feeling in my body? Can I resolve it? And then come back and have this conversation. Or can I be like ugly and messy about it? Can I be not perfect and still hold the container well enough to have this conversation with this person? Both of them are valuable skills. And to give a practical application of that, I I, I remember seeing that there was this couple online, it might have been TikTok or Instagram, where they were like, okay, every time that we fight, we'll work out for half an hour together and then we'll come back and talk. And we can't, we don't come back and talk until we've done the workout. And I think that's fucking brilliant because like lifting heavy weights, it is something that's very good for clearing emotions out of the body. It causes you to release endorphins. You have this dump of happy chemicals. What hurts you begins to feel pleasurable. And then all of a sudden you realize you're not mad at your partner and like, oh, wait, I can understand where they were coming from. I can kind of see it from their perspective. And that's how you know it's working. And when that shift happens then it's time to repair. Like that's the easiest time to begin to repair. Trying to do it when I'm I'm just angry at this other human being for existing, that never goes well. I just I just do more damage than good most of the time. Yeah. You have to get to a good place first. Like if you're in the middle of an argument, like there's nothing's getting through there. You're in the animal part of your brain and it's just like it's a block. There's Nothing I say is going to get in there. Here's another great tool, getting a shared reality. Like, yeah, let's fight about this thing, but let's get on the same page and make sure we're arguing about the same thing. I noticed if I didn't have a shared reality with my partner, we're, she's bringing in shit from five weeks ago, seven months ago. There, there's no way to resolve that. Like, let's get present to what it is that's causing the rupture. And then let's fight about that thing. And the only way you can do that is if you're grounded in in your body. How to get back to a sense of shared reality? What would that look like? Just like this. Let's get a shared reality. Let's be clear on what we're arguing about. You tell me what you think it is and I'll tell you what I think it is. And let's get to an agreement there. And then let's have it out. Let's talk about it. Let's, Let's argue. That's massive. That's massive. And, and I, for those listening right now, based on my own mistakes, I want to give you that there are two options in the way that you take this on. The first is you do what Scott does. You come from curiosity. You ask them questions because you actually want to know. The second way, which is how I was doing it in the beginning, I would ask the question, what do you think you're, we're fighting about? 
And then they would tell me, and I'd be like, you think we're fucking fighting about that? And I would use that to start another argument. Like, I can't believe that. And that's not, don't do that. Like, you, you, If you're going to be asking that question, it has to be coming from a place of, I want to understand this person. Mm-hmm. We have an agreement that we're going to come back to this mutual place. Like, like Scott was saying, that's the perfect container. You could follow that verbatim, and I think it would go rather well. But the intention and the energy has to be coming from that same space, too. I cannot be using this place to pick another argument. Because the next time I have a fight, what is my partner going to think? <clears throat> oh, man, he asked me this question last time, and it, it just right. blew up in my fucking face. I'm not going to tell him now. It's not safe. Yeah. It's not safe for me to do that. And you can put yourself in their shoes, too, right? Like. If your partner was like, hey, babe, what did you think we fought about? And you're like, oh, well, I was I was kind of upset. You know, I just got out of a, a difficult call with my parents and then I took things the wrong way. And she's like, I can't believe you did that to me. Like, uh, are you, are you going to continue to want to interact with this person? Fuck no, right? It removes safety from the relationship. So if you're going to do this, it has to come from genuine curiosity. And you can only get to genuine curiosity when you take the time to ground yourself first yeah so that's why you would go to the gym or you would go meditate or you would go jump rope or you would go for a walk or you would go do some breathing work like my commitment is always to my partner to take the lead here and then also like yeah validating their experience like when they tell you like whether you feel right or, or not their experience of you in that moment is valid so you don't have to agree that their behavior was okay. Like this person cares enough to ask me what he thinks we're fighting about because he wants to know because he wants to get to a good place. Like that's like, that feels so safe to me when you, when I listen to you say, it's like, I want to be in that space with someone where I can bring my truth to the table and not be made wrong or feel like I'm going to be attacked yeah, and when we when I say fight, it's like we're fighting well. You need to learn this or you will end up divorced. You will end up losing people. And this is like the basis. And it, it starts to impact, you know, your sex life. You, you know, trust and safety and women just want that. Like they, they crave that from us, that type of leadership as well. Like not tit for tatting with them. Like I, I did this the last time. Like, my, like when I say... I'm committed 100% of the time to taking the lead on this. When we fight, I feel like a man doing that. I felt like a piece of shit when I used to argue and fight, scream and yell. Like that didn't make me feel like a man. That made me feel weak. But when I take the lead in a strong, powerful way from in a grounded in myself, like that really has me feeling masculine. Yeah. Yeah, I think it takes at least one person committing to that in every relationship to make it work. I think that there's this sense of like, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) Let me, let me start over again. (laughs) No, that's cool. I want to add something here while you lost one person committed to doing that. And here's what I noticed me being the one when I led with that, she followed. Like I never had to ask her. I noticed more and more and more when we did get into conflict that she was taking, I didn't have to tell her, Hey, I did this five times the last five times. And I really need you to do this so I can be okay. She naturally with me modeling it, 
it was like magic. I didn't have, I didn't had, I didn't have to ask for it. You taking the lead here and being the leader and committing to taking responsibility hundred percent of the time for repairing will have your partner start to show up differently. You don't need to tell her, you don't need to ask her. It just happens because that's what a woman wants from us as men. I think at least in my experience. And then as you model that they then show up in the same way. So you don't have to keep score. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of part of part of the dance of this whole conflict thing. Part of the dance of keeping your person is that like the more often we see them reactive, the more our nervous systems learn that like, Oh shit, this behavior is off limits or this makes me a bad person and I shouldn't do that anymore. So we begin to build up more and more stress in our systems, which I think is one of the reasons why Scott and I really advocate for continuing to build safety, like continuing to ground yourself when you have interactions with your partner. Cause if you don't, you kind of steadily lose ground until there's this very narrow box where the two of you are allowed to operate because you're both getting triggered at each other all the time. It's, it's either you're building an environment of conflicts or you're building an environment of mutual trust and support. And it, it can't be both. Your, your ability to come back and re-regulate yourself when times are hard is everything in this situation. Just by being in relationship with someone I think there's this interesting effect where like almost like tree roots beginning to grasp one another, your nervous system begins to get enmeshed with this other person. They're in your care and you're in their care. You are taking care of one another. And that's kind of the sacred bond of relationship. You are trusting that this person is going to take care of you because they have the ability to impact you deeply. Right. And you want to validate that trust. Otherwise, that's where it goes awry. Right. That's where we lose people. I've had plenty of relationships where I, I, I had to be the one to break it off because I was dating people who are anxious attachment styles, but I could see how much pain I was causing them. And the, the only morally just thing to do in that situation was to end it because I was causing them immense suffering. I wasn't changing. I was blaming them every single time we had conflict. It was, it was unacceptable in my book, the way that I was behaving. It's my inability to be with myself and it's my responsibility to learn how to do this. You can't have a successful relationship if you're with someone who isn't willing to look at their part. If they're going to stay stuck in a, as a victim, you're fucked. So you're going to have to exit the relationship. If two people are committed to like doing this relationship well, I, I really believe that anything can be worked with. It could be infidelity. But I think that if you're committed to growth here, both partners, that you, you can learn this. It's like anything else. It's like learning to play golf or tennis or whatever. Relationship is a, a skill. Yeah. And I, yeah, so I, yeah, I'm just kind of ranting right now. So you take, take it, man, because I, I was about to jump back into ass eating because <laughs> I had nowhere to go. I, I got lost there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel that. I feel that. But no, I got all spells go, go back to ass eating. I mean, we almost can. It's, it is the secret in the background of a great relationship. But but let's <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, below safety. <laughs> yeah, let's come back to that because I, I think ultimately this is a it's a, a core skill set. One of them is how quickly can I come back 
how quickly can I repair after this relationship's yep. been ruptured? But it's also like, how quickly can I settle myself down? Am I willing to have difficult conversations? All three of those are tied together. And you might be saying to yourself, well, I don't have to do that. I can just find a partner that's really good at those things. And you could, but you have to also think that like, how long does it take to get through a, a relationship and recover from that relationship? Right? Like if I, if I go and have a six month or a two year, say you're a serial, like long-term dater, you date people for two years at a time and then you break up and then it takes you like three, four months, six months to recover and get over that person and date the next person. How many partners are you going to go through before you hit a point where it like now you're 70, right? And you're still trying to, you're still trying to find the right person that has the skill set that you never took the time to cultivate. Are you going to leave that up to chance and fate? Are you just going to randomly throw yourself in to get hurt again and again and again in relationships? Carry around building, escalating trauma for every single relationship that didn't work out because you were unwilling to take on this skill set? Or do you want to begin to cultivate it? Be bad, be God awful at this thing in the beginning, but begin to build up this foundation that you can take with you from one partner to the next until you are the person that can be building trust and safety no matter what circumstance you're in. There's a difference in agency here. And one of these, you're being thrown around like a garbage bag in the wind. And in the other one, you have control over your fate and you're building a legacy for yourself and your partner and your kids if you're planning on having them. And I think the difference in my mind is clear. Like for me, this is a should. And I know that we talk a lot about you sh shoulds are, are usually- Don't shit on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Don't shit all over yourself, Rob. For sure. Yeah. But for me, like, this is my personal standard. This is an absolute should. Mm. I should be learning this skill set. Because if I don't, what's the alternative? I just spend the rest of my life blaming my partner for not being good enough at holding the space when I myself am not willing? That's not it, man. That's not it for yeah. me. Yeah. Maybe a reframe on the should is I am, I am, I will. I will. I get it. I, I know it's semantics. I should. Like, I am so fucking committed to learning this shit because of the mess that I made that I'm still cleaning up from years and years and years ago. And here's what I've noticed. And this is for the listener. How your last relationship ended is how your next one will begin. And I'm exiting relationships and the women are like, hey, uh, you know, let me introduce you to a friend of mine. Like, I, you know, like that, before I was like going to jail because I and, shit and I was, you know, my kids fucking hated me. Now women are, are recommending that I sleep with their friends. And I'm like, awesome. You know, like our, our, our relationship has run its course, but I'd like to pass you along to my friend. Who I, th I think you're a great match for. And I'm like, you know what? I'm doing something right, man. Like my marriage Three years I was celibate and single because that I was so traumatized by the whole thing. And but that's when I started to realize like I was the one common denominator in my relationship and I needed to learn about myself. And as I've learned, I've noticed that when I when there's a breakup, that going into the next relationship has gotten exponentially better and better and better and better. So the exit is an easy and seamless transition into dating again i'll just leave that like as my as <laughs> as as we transition towards the end of the podcast i'm gonna say 
it's here's what I'm trying to say to you guys is fucking learn the skills that are in this podcast and your life will be exponentially better. And potentially the women that you break up with will turn you on to their girlfriends and you get to have sex with them too. <laughs> and that doesn't suck. So just say it. <laughs> I have to say, I, I'm a bit like reluctant to admit this, but I, I feel like I'm pretty good at breakups. And you only get really good at breakups if you fuck up so many relationships that like you, you, you cultivate the skill set. And I am, I am good at breakups. Mm. But I will say that I am not at that level. I, I've never broken up with someone and then had them refer me to a friend. So whatever you're doing is fucking amazing, apparently. Mm. Uh like people are out there recommending Scott like their favorite restaurant or book. Like, hey, you should try this. <laughs> yeah, you should try this. Yeah, no, I'm not going to say it, man. Now, it, it's it's not like that. It's not like, hey, they, she's got a lot. Like all of her friends are lined up after the breakup to. to <laughs> you know, hey, uh, no, it, I feel like it's like, hey, you're a great guy. We had a great experience, you know, and. It, the the you know the relationship had run its course and now it's you know we're still friends and hey I I recommend like I it's not like recommend you know, <laughs> fucking mean it's like you know this woman had learned so much from our experience and same here it goes both ways like we I got I think I got to practice the most of what we're talking about inside of this podcast with this particular woman and it had a profound impact on her life and mine because I had never led in a relationship in that way ever in my life. Uh, it wasn't like, Hey, this fucking guy eats great ass. Let me, let me hook you up. It's like, no, he's a safe guy that has is embodied and, in, in you know, um, had a profound impact on my life. And I, I think you might like him or he'd be, fun to have coffee with or something like that. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify that. I'm not a fucking whore. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not um, Richard Gere. Was he, wasn't he the gigolo dude back in that movie in the eighties or seventies? <laughs> we really have full, we have come full circle on this podcast and that's usually a sign, usually a sign that we're, we're kind of on the last few minutes here, but, but yeah, right. Like we started off with the joke, like, Hey, learn to eat ass so well that she'll never leave you again, which, yeah honestly would make an amazing clickbait title, but we're not going to do that. Um, but we've come full circle, right? It's like, hey, it, that's not the way that this works. The reason why Scott is getting referrals from people that he's dated in the past from his exes is because they had such a growthful, healthy, like good experience. There was so much safety and completion created in this relationship that they're like, you know, I think I would recommend that like, people that I run into friends like that might enjoy this too and if there's if you're not getting anything else from practicing this skill set and that's the only benefit that you get like I I would say that benefit is well worth it and it's kind of like it's just like the small side dish to the main course the entree that you get from learning this skill this will improve every relationship that you have. And what are our lives other than like a giant collection of relationships with other people? That's what makes this skill set so valuable. So I think that's the perfect note to close out on. I have, of course, more things to add, but I think maybe I'm going to, I'm going to limit myself here. Uh, 
And yeah, thanks for being here. I like to say this, take what lands for you and throw away the rest. Um, you know, if ass eating isn't something you're into, then, you know, get rid you, you got to skip the entire episode. Like this entire one is just out the window. Yeah, just go, well, not really. There's some good tools in here, man, for the, for the folks. If you can listen past that. Um, yeah, I just had a really good time. And I, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to, to share this with you and everyone listening. So if you get some benefit from this, if you learn something, um, pass it along, share it with someone, write us a review, click the button, whatever it is, like your thumb, four times, five times, two times, <laughs> one time, give us a five star. If, if, it, if it's true for you, like I'm not asking you to lie, like don't be a lying liar. Fucking if you, if you dig this podcast, click it up, man, and pass it along. <laughs> And uh, with that, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, just press all the buttons and see what happens. Yeah, I don't know. Press the yeah, have an adventure. Just click all the buttons and see. Don't be an asshole. Click all the buttons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, what, one thing I did, I did, I did want to say is like, hey, if 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 the vibe that Scott and I is some, have, like if, if that, that easy flow and the camaraderie is something that you enjoy and you want more of that in your own lives, this, this is the skill set. Go back and listen to like the first episode of The Laughing Warrior and see the difference in the energy. Like this is something that gets cultivated over time. You get this through persistence and practice. And we practice every single week for like uh, over, over a couple of years actually, because this is yeah. the second podcast that we've done together. And as you can begin to see the trajectory of change, it was uncomfortable and kind of stilted before. And now I think we're laughing like almost the entire way through the podcast. And it's, it's not an accident. We didn't arrive in this location from the giddy up. We worked at this and built this over time. And you can have this in every relationship in your life as long as you're willing to put in the effort. And with that, I am also out. Aho! Peace. Peace.